Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 273, covering Scientific Method and Year of Hell Part 1, with Mark Bosco. Hi friends, Season 4 of Voyager continues to be really good. Yeah, it continues to surprise by not being god-awful. Well, except for that one episode. If, that one episode that I, had... Actually, well, actually, Bob, who is with us now, uh, liked that episode. So for you, it's like, a, what, a six or eight issue just or uh, episode streak, huh? Oh. Yeah, it's been pretty great. Oh, nice work, Bob. Did you gussy your trembles? <laughs> no, he wrestled his trembles. No, he got, no, I think you'll find he gussied them. No, no I, come I, on, Matt, don't. I wrestled my trestles. Right. <laughs> but did you fathom the trunks? <laughs> no. The I've been out fathoming trunks I, all day, and boy, is my fathom tired. Are you boys fathoming your trunks in there? No! Don't come in! Uh, but yeah, we liked... Uh, I, I, can I speak for all three of us to say we liked both of these? Yeah, they were good! Is that yeah. 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 So, uh, I'm I'm happy. I, like, I know there are certain listeners out there who love it when we suffer, and look, every now and then that's fine, but a long <laughs> stretch like season three, just, uh, it, it, it wears on you, man. Yeah. You yeah. start to wonder. You start to wonder if this whole t- watching every episode of Star Trek and then talking about it for the amusement of others is really worth it. Well, if people <laughs> didn't keep listening and donating money and showing up to live shows, then maybe we'd stop. But all those things keep happening. So I like to think well, I didn't hate season to... three as much. I didn't hate okay. season three as much as you guys did, but I, I definitely see where season four is a, is a lot stronger and uh, and uh, a lot more fun to talk about uh-huh. well and and i i mentioned this like last time you were on you're like i just it doesn't bother me as much and i got to i yeah. really got to thinking about that and and it occurred to me it's because i have to think of interesting insights to say every week and mm-hmm. when it repeats itself over and over again it's hard to come up with new jokes new observations yeah it's like it, it's it's difficult whereas you really only have to do that part of it you know every couple of months yeah. so yeah I've, I've i've been doing the watching every episode but yeah i don't have to do the work of making jokes about it so uh yeah you don't have to talk about my, each one of them for an hour and that's it, it, it wears on my, yeah. my sympathies are with you <laughs> okay <laughs> that's good it's the difference between just watching the show and then like okay now i gotta write about the show and think about the show and live the show. but honestly if i was if I was just watching like leisurely, season three would have lost me. I would have found time to do something else. Mm-hmm. Just like it wasn't enough to hold my attention to keep watching. Like I wasn't enjoying it. I could probably like, be rewatching Deep Space Nine or something. Or just watch something I've never seen before. Yeah. Also that. Anyway, well, but I have to watch um, it so I can, you know, when I do come back on, I'll I'll know where we are. Oh, no. And I like it's not that we require that of any of you guys, but it does make it does make it easier for you to have the context of like, I've watched this character grow or this like when yeah. this guy showed up five weeks ago. I didn't like him, but now I do. Or, you know, or where like the that. hell is Kess? Right. Didn't this show used <laughs> yeah, to have one of those? Yeah. And who's, who's this uh, crazy statuesque blonde now? Where, where did she come from? Yeah, there's the real Wait, question. Is that Kess? What happened to Kess? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Did she molt? <laughs> what happened? 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens when her species turns five is uh-huh. they, they turn into just like six foot tall blonde bombshells. <laughs> Uh, it's it's an uncomfortable process when it happens, but when it's done, it's you know it's pretty yeah. all right. She, she turned into an okay butterfly. <laughs> all right, uh, Bob, why don't you tell us what happened in Scientific Method? I will. Yeah, I right. think this may be the longest uh, summary I've ever written. So uh, hang on. <laughs> You're the one who has to read it. <laughs> we start with Tom and Bellana slurping it up in a Jeffrey's tube, and suddenly there's CG slurping, and it's all very oh. kind of creepy and weird. Uh, anyway, nothing to worry about. Kate gets a comedy massage from the doctor to try and relieve the splitting headache she's had for the past few days, and Chuck calls her to the bridge to look at the cool binary pulsars, but she's too tired to science, so she orders Chuck to science without her, because, you know, he's a scientist. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in engineering, Tom and Bell are slurping it up again in her upper workstation, which I feel should be a euphemism for something. Only this time, Tuvok catches them, and Tom pleads with them not to tattle. Only Kate already knows, and she's pissed at their schoolyard shenanigans. She's pissed at their schoolyard shenanigans and tells them to get a room already. Meanwhile, Chuck has a room, all by his lonesome. Kicking back after a hard day of science. He orders a relaxing black coffee. Suddenly he doubles over and his hair starts falling out. Turns out Chuck has old timer's disease, which is not just an Alzheimer's joke, but really he's getting old super fast. And then Bar Roden doubles over and he turns uglier and smellier. What is happening? The doctor has a theory that their DNA is getting overstimulated, like maybe it had too much of that black coffee, I guess. So he scans their DNA and finds a barcode on it. A barcode. Anyway, once the doc and Bell start figuring things out, they're attacked as well. Maybe this isn't just a mysterious disease after all. The doc hides on the holodeck and hacks into Seven's hearing aid to let her know what's what. Alas, there is no stupidly long fight with Roddy Piper in a dirty alley, but Doc tweaks her Borg visual whatnots into They Live-style glasses to let her see the creepy alien scientists that are going around poking and prodding everyone on the ship. Alien probes! They're real! Seven tries to warn the captain, but the aliens are always around, and she doesn't want to tip her hand, so she conspires with the Doc to administer an electric shock to everyone on board to save the day. But Tuvok stops her. So instead she exposes one of the aliens and they throw it in the brig. Turns out the aliens are treating them like lab rats, experimenting to learn how to improve their own health. Plus, they've been betting on just how much more strain Kate can bear. Whoever had one more dead crew member in the pool wins, and Kate snaps, taking over the con and driving the ship into the sun. Suns. Whatever. Science! Anyway, the aliens finally realize this crazy-ass human isn't bluffing and book it out of there. And Kate slingshots between the suns without causing them to time travel or something, which is a goddamn miracle. Excellent. Uh, yeah, first of all, I didn't I didn't actually think of the, the They Live thing. Good, good catch there. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm very glad it was a barcode and not a QR code. So. <laughs> you love those. Just, just more proof that QR codes did not survive. <laughs> I did not realize how much I hate the word slurping. Mm. <laughs> well, in, in your summary, wow. yeah, in your summary, you spelled it out with a lot of U's and R's, and I was kind of expecting the sound effect there. The... <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were hopping <laughs> it up. Yeah, they're all kissy-facing. Yeah. yeah. They are, and I like, they don't explicitly say that 
these aliens toying with various uh, biological things like result in those two being more horny. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just that new relationship thing. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of hope it's the latter because I just <laughs> like that they've both been stranded in space for three years and they're both super desperate and they finally found people that they're okay with and just like of course they're going at it like rabbits yep because mm. <laughs> yeah they're both young and healthy and haven't gotten any in a long time <laughs> yeah i guess Paris I wants sex i mean they shouldn't be doing it on the on her upper deck as you say but you know <laughs> yeah, like, what was it her upper console upper, upper the- workstation Upper workstation. Can we maybe leave the hot makeouts until after we're until after work? I mean, in fairness, Paris now has two jobs. There is no after work for him. Basically, he leaves the bridge and then has to go work on in sick bay. So well, then he has to go tidy up the beach house. So right. I don't know. The beach house has been completely replaced by uh, Da Vinci's workshop. Oh man. Yep. They they can only have one holodeck program at a time. Right. Sorry, I'm late for work. I was but, trying to oil uh, those fans. <laughs> no, no. Now they're now they're building the codex that eventually Hudson Hawk will break into the Vatican and steal for uh, <laughs> for Darwin and Minerva Mayflower. I'm I'm just like Bob and I hit on this Hudson Hawk, vein of Hudson Hawk references, and now just, I can't stop. Matt's like I've probably seen that, but what the fuck? Are I you haven't talking about? actually. I know for a fact I haven't seen Hudson Hawk. It's fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. You should. It's it's, it's really great. It's like a live action it's, Warner Brothers cartoon. I basically, yeah. And it's done by the same guy who did uh, Batman Returns and Demolition Man and Heathers. And Heathers, yeah. I like all of those yeah. movies. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> if you can put yourself in that early 90s headspace of those movies, it's basically that kind of thing. All right. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the 90s, this episode. Uh, Yay. No, th- this was good. Like, this, I, I'm going to go ahead into my good thing here. I was prepared to hate because really it's out of phase, guys. Again, I'm so sick of everyone being out of like that's just an easy hand wavy. Yeah. They're they're invisible, whatever. Not just that. cloaked. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool when Jordy and Roe did it, but then like ugh, you know, actually, I think they were just cloaked. <laughs> no, they were phased because they went through stuff. Oh, okay. That was the difference between cloaked and phased. Was like they <laughs> right. they passed through objects rather than just being invisible. Um, and I was prepared to hate it because it's like, oh, invisible guys are doing monstery things. Well, I mean, it's like, basic, that's not my favorite. It's basically uh, the chair episode again. But yeah, it's done, like, I don't it's, love the. It's exactly that, but it's done better. Yeah, no, it 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 took a turn into what I called Star Trek brand Star Trek because mm. you got like, and this ties into your good thing, which we'll get to in a sec, Matt. Mm. It, the the this this big debate between Kate and and the lead alien, right? The Kate debate, mm-hmm. like. The Kate debates, right? <laughs> people who watched the Kate debates on TV thought that she won, and uh, people who listened to them on the radio also thought that she won. <laughs> no, it's 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 this great like t- look. You guys are lab rats to us. You're not really like, uh, yeah, you're sentient, but we're more important, and we need to kill some of you so that we can get better. And basically, they're scientists like the humans are, except what makes the humans better is the human condition, and that's so Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're just like you, only not as good because we're not humans. Like I, I like that. It was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. the human adventure. <laughs> it's. I mean, at this point, it's gotta have been going on for a while, right? The, it's just the jerk alien adventure. Oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but but Matt, this really this kind of dovetails with your uh, dovetails. Dovetails. <laughs> uh, dovetails with with your uh, good thing. Oh yeah, the which um, was 
the actual uh, the actual chick that she, the, the she main, fights with. The main scientist lady is just a great villain for this episode. Like she's got like that cold, mm-hmm. totally practical science who's also completely certain that she's in the right. She's a really good foil for exasperated nails in her head, Kate. But also Kate, who we've established for the last three and a half years, is a scientist. It, yeah, is science dude. So like, it's so it's that great villain is similar to the hero thing. We're not so different, you and I. Yeah, I don't. I get yeah, that, exactly. I get that conversation a lot. She though, actually but. says that. Yeah, she does. <laughs> no, I I really enjoyed her, and uh, like they have, there the test of any good Star Trek character to me is you put them in a room alone with the captain, look. and can they carry a five minute scene with just the two of them? Right. And the answer here is yes. Yes. So that was without, great. D- without descending into like Hannibal Lecter territory. Yeah, no, she was never like glass cage, you know, like super creepy yeah. villain. It was just like, no, yeah. no, come on, we're just, we're like you, except we don't care about you at yeah. all. <laughs> also, You're just Kate rats. actually goes in and beats her up, which is pretty sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and that actually uh, ducktails nicely with Bob's good thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love uh, Kate's performance throughout her whole. Just like the her on edge like acting was top notch. She just felt like a raw nerve, <laughs> especially yeah. toward the end. It was just like really, really sold me on it. Honestly, at first I thought she was just having a bad day. Like yeah. she didn't play it so completely over the top that I thought, well, obviously something's wrong. It's yeah. like, no, maybe she's just having a bad day. Nope. Yep. Which I like. And then, she, then it gradually the ratchets up as we go. And then by the end, she's like, fuck it. I'm driving this ship into the sun. You know what? Uh, you know what? This is it. We're done. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I am. I mean, the internet likes to say I am done with this. But mm. really, that that is like, this is the quintessential I am done with this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so good. Eat shit, uh, stupid like, aliens. We're going into the sun. It, <laughs> this season, Kate's really stepped up her whole like badass thing. Oh, which yeah. I really like. Hmm. She's been a badass for a long time, but oh, they, yeah. they've given her some particularly good uh, moments, I think, in the last uh, like the last mm. ten or so episodes, I would say, which have been nice. That's yeah. cool. Um, like we've seen, you know, we see her as like good captain and everything, but like getting the, you know, there's been very few up till recently, like just that's fucking hardcore, Kate. Jesus Christ. Well, her her whole thing, and this isn't a bad thing, like, sometimes this is a criticism, but for her, it's not. Like, she's their mom. She's very much maternal with mm. these guys in a good way. Like, in mm-hmm. a, I care about what you guys think, and I want to nurture your interests, but also I am fiercely protective of you. You stay away from special mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to like it there, but <laughs> in general, you're threatening my ship, and absolutely not. Fuck you. And just, like, that's so, it's, it's that, like, Almost a a visceral naturey kind of like you threaten an animal's offspring and the mother just goes nuts and tries to kill you kind oh, of thing yeah. and I, she mm. she does that really well. But just overall, like, I mean, I think her her acting has gotten even better from the beginning of, of the series. Both her oh, yeah. and and uh, and seven. Um, mm. Like even in the next uh, episode, which we are not talking about yet, but th- there's like a big long piece of exposition, and it's just the two of them, you know, s- selling it, and they mm. they do an amazing job of like taking this oh, dry yeah. exposition and making it into something really interesting. They're, I think they're the, they're the best actors on the show. Absolutely no, and we we said this about Jerry Ryan pretty much the day she showed up, just like yeah. she's up, she's totally up to the same yeah. level as as Mulgrew and like well. 
Mulgrew. Yeah. <laughs> <I should laughs> say, there are other good actors in the ensemble, but I can't think of anyone else who's as good. No, she, yeah. she really hit the ground running. Like that, the, I like that scene with her and uh, Balana in the in the Jeffrey's tube at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Is that this one? Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. That was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Blana's pissed because she's like, somebody's messing with my ship, and Seven's just like, "Yep, I'm, I'm making some uh, modifications." No, you're messing with my ship, and stop. <laughs> it's it good stuff. I liked it. We're trying to do a also, test, and uh, all of this stuff, like, we can't see the results that we're trying to see because you're yeah. messing with everything. Because somebody's you know, messing the with the power lights. system. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's good stuff. It's it's good like misunderstanding conflict. Mm. And it's good stuff. And speaking of, like, a conflict involving Seven, I really like, like, this episode in different hands could have been framed as, because there is that whole act, maybe two acts of, like, they live stuff where she's the only one with the doctor's help who can tell what's going on and no one else knows and she can't tip her hand. And in other hand, in, in, in another writer's hands, they could have made it, like, Seven's acting suspicious and she's still a bad guy and like they uh, there was almost none of that yeah. and I'm so glad because like yeah. I've seen I that think... story a million times and this was a different angle of that they they skirted it a little bit with the way Tuvok was reacting to what she was doing but I right. think yeah it was like just the right amount yeah exactly no it was enough for a bit of conflict but not so much that the whole episode was just a retread of stuff we've seen before like I like yeah I liked it a lot yeah because mostly we followed from Seven's perspective where like we know she's okay whereas I've definitely seen a bunch of next gen and maybe even Voyager episodes where we don't know why the character's acting funny and everyone else is reacting to them. And until the big reveal, we think they're a bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we know they're Except not. Obviously they're not. The epi- like, we know how TV yeah. works. Right. But no, this was a, this was a good taking that situation and not doing the standard cliche thing. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Also, this mm-hmm. didn't occur to me until you said it, Bob. But I would pay. I would pay really good money to watch Seven fight Rowdy Rod- with Roddy Piper in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the glasses? That scene went on for so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Five minutes longer, whatever yep. you know. Yep. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Hit him with the I trash mean, we'll can. be talking about we'll be talking about wrestlers soon enough. Scott we'll Zioko's we'll already be, like. Oh, we'll be talking about Seven fighting wrestlers soon enough. Yeah, no, oh, will our, we? Our, our pal Scott Zioko is is already gearing up for his appearance because The Rock will be on the show at some point. Yeah, I was talking to him last night. He's very <laughs> oh wow! Excited. Yeah, I I really do not want him hijacking our show and talking about wrestling. It's like I I could come to his D and D group and talk about you know how great Zack Snyder is, but I won't do that out of respect. <laughs> also, that's not true. <laughs> also, it's totally not true. <laughs> anyway. Um, yep. uh, Bob, you actually had a, a, a secondary good thing. Oh, I, well, I think it corresponds with Matt's bad thing, which oh, is yeah, I, yeah. I found the, I found uh, Chuck and the Barroden's old man off. <laughs> I thought that was delightful. See, that's funny because it was, they, uh, they I, just, I hated that whole thing. They just had a moment where they're like, oh, now I, I can't even walk. And no, oh, I had to walk uphill in snow both ways. And... <laughs> Yeah, I definitely had that kind feel of a to it. Oh, luxury. <laughs> My father used to kill us every night. <laughs> also, they, no, I, they, 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 Neelix's new look, which is very spot. Now said he looked like an old banana. <laughs> it looked like it was time to make banana bread out of him or throw yeah. him away. But um, I'm like, wow, you, you found a way to make it even more difficult to look at Neelix. Thanks a lot, show. <laughs> 
No, but yeah. I, I will give like a lot of credit to the makeup guys this week. Like I think Chuck and Neelix both looked like creepy the way they were supposed mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also uh, as Janeway gets le- more sleep deprived and just like less, uh, 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 what's the word I want? Patient for mm-hmm. what's going on. They yeah. like, they very subtly, like it's not super over the top. It's very, it, I'm pretty sure they just put less makeup on her and accentuate the circles under her eyes. Right. Like, yeah. It's a good effect. Uh-huh. And it's and these are both characters that I normally am not very fond of and it's pretty well-trod comedy ground but it was just I don't know. It was it was a moment of levity that I kind of enjoyed seeing these these characters that, you know, uh even though I don't normally like them that much, it it was it, that moment of levity kind of made me like them slightly more. Mm. Well, someone's making them suffer, so there's that. At yeah, least. that's a plus. Neelix's spine is. Hey, Neelix is in pain. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. Like I, Bob, you and I had a bit of a disagreement on the the various comedy elements of of this episode because uh, your bad thing. Uh, I believe it's your bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, bad my thing bad thing. That, that, the the whole mas- the massage scene with uh uh you know the doctor massaging Janeway, it was just it felt bad comedy one oh one. It was like he's just shaking her and doing like obvious bad massage things and it was just I don't know. When it, it was it was okay to a point, but when it got to the point where he was actually like throttling her neck as part of the massage, it just felt like one step too yeah. far. I feel like on paper that's kind of a hacky scene, but I think those two are both good actors and have good chemistry and have good comedy timing, and mm. they made it work for me. Like what? I actually kind of thought it was funny just for that. I like what really sold like worked for me was like Kate's completely straight faced for the entire thing. Like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like wailing on her, and she's yeah. just like, Ugh, okay, is this over yet? <laughs> but is like, this over? He, how about now? When he starts just grabbing her by the neck and just like, bah, 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 she's just like just completely yeah. stone faced. Yep. <laughs> Although oh, I did, I did like the moment at the very end, which is like, oh, I'm going to the bridge. It's like, wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> no, I have to go to the bridge. Well, maybe you want to change your clothes first. <laughs> yeah, perhaps you'd like to put. <laughs> some she's pants still on. in a towel. <laughs> yeah, she's like, <laughs> like she's on the thing uh, naked, and she puts a towel on when she stands up. And, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I, I'll give you that the way it was shot was a little like, like ham handed. Like we got like kind of the tight shot of mostly her face through the. Uh, through the lie down on your stomach ring mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, the face. <laughs> the fuck that thing so she's called. making wacky yeah. faces like, ooh, ee, ooh. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, like I said, it's the actors that sold it for me. I liked it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but so, uh, Matt, did you think that scene was funny? Because you, you said you didn't like the Neelix and Chuck scene. I thought so. that was better than the Neelix and the Chuck scene, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm curious because Bob and I have exact opposite opinions. I'm wondering if it's, you kind of fall in the you know, middle it's, somewhere. It's fine. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I will at least give them credit for like this. Could have th- another way. This half of what I like about this episode is I've I've seen all the turns they can take to make it stupid, and they avoided them. Mm. And one mm. of the ways is to completely not inject any levity into it, and to make these alien abduction things super serious, and everyone's super angry. And like, no, they found they found a couple of corners to make it a little funny, and I like that. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the infamous "it was a chair" episode from Next Gen was—I don't remember a lot of funny from that. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just freaked <laughs> out they were being abducted, and then they built a chair for I don't know seven hours. Yeah. Yep. So, it was longer chair. than the longer than Roddy Piper fought uh, Keith David in the, in the alley. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know about that. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> 
my bad thing. I mean, these aliens had to know that making the person in charge of the ship more irritable and aggressive would result in her doing something irrational. Mm -hmm. They seem so surprised that she's being hostile, even though their actual experiment was, let's push her into acting more hostile. (laughs) Like, they basically, they they chose the person on the ship who has all the command codes and had, like, the, basically the power over life and death on this ship, if if Mm -hmm. you really come down to it. Uh And just... Did an experiment. Does this bug you? Does this bug you? Does this I'm bug not- you? And eventually the answer was yes. This does bug I'm not you. touching yes. you. Well, I mean, I'm not touching you. These nails are. But but like <laughs> if, every time you say that, I picture a bunch of Rikers sticking out of her head. Tiny Rikers. <laughs> Just, like, I don't know. Action figures or actual tiny Jonathan Frakes's. I don't know. Well, either is fine. Okay. Fair yep. enough. No, I just like I get kind of the them wanting to experiment on these guys for various reasons and maybe pick someone without so much power to not to, to yeah. piss off you know like, so they they should have done the uh, stress experiment with uh, ensign wildman oh yeah wild man. you just <laughs> thank you matt say, i did yes yeah. happy, <laughs> That's fair. happy to help out <laughs> or you know neelix just make him suffer yeah that's fine <laughs> That's all. Just just make him suffer. Just, or wait, wait, no. So Neelix and Chicote are suffering. The only other one I really want to suffer is uh, 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 Harold. Well, he suffered recently, so you know. Nah, it doesn't matter. You know, just make him suffer. He's just at least always he, make He's him covered for his su- like. Look, we can always see him suffer more, but he's covered for suffering. No, he did should, he not like, suffer he at all in this episode? I don't remember. I don't, hmm. I, no, I'm he's pretty sure nothing if, to me. I'm pretty sure if he'd suffered, we would have pointed it out. I guess Probably. he was a special boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about him. Yeah. Specialist boy. <laughs> I'm looking through my notes. I do have a note that says, oh boy, special boy and Neelix at the same time. That's <laughs> great. Thanks for that. Let's pair those two up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Ugh. Other things? Erotic skeletons. I... <laughs> I have a note here. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got, we got skeleton vision when... Uh, when they were uh, slurping. Uh, oh, God, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are into that. So. <laughs> I have I have a very nitpicky bad thing, which Go is, uh, what the hell is overstimulating DNA? Because <laughs> that doesn't make yeah, a lick of sense. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. DNA is instructions, right? So it doesn't really do anything on its own. If I hyperstimulate the instructions for my Billy bookshelves, it doesn't assemble itself or turn into an ectorp or some other Ikea thing. Intolerant. <laughs> did you did you have to look up Ektorp or did you know that? I'm I'm just guessing that it's an Ikea name. I, oh, okay. I don't not, know for you're sure. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> is, that, is that the shelf for putting your Ghostbusters figures yeah. on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My Ektorp one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I also felt like uh, like Tom spends an, an extraordinary amount of energy of like the ship's energy reserves to like create flowers and beam them ship to ship over to Bellana. Oh like, yeah, we have this. We have this, we have a moment where he's acting suspicious, and he's like, "Great, what is he doing? He's got transporter control. Is he evil this week? Oh no, he's just doing something sweet." Which that that's all I thought, but then yeah, you definitely like took it a step further and said, okay, yeah, but resources are limited. What the fuck? Yeah, We're yeah. It's like, are, are they supposed to be week? rationing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we've abandoned that idea long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Although I guess once you gave her the flowers, she could just recycle them back into the thing. 
Because, I mean, what do you do with flowers? I'm not like, really sure how that works, yeah. but, like, we'll get there's into that whole... next episode where there's a small object they talk about recycling into, like, vast amounts of, yeah, I don't know, energy or matter or something. Yeah, I don't get how that works, because doesn't it take an extraordinary amount of energy to to destroy matter and turn it back into energy as well? It's like, yeah. this, I don't know, it's this whole thing. Yeah. Like, how do transporters work? <laughs> like, it's, if it costs... It takes the energy of a thousand suns to destroy yeah. a person and then rebuild them somewhere else. I was just thinking, if it costs two pounds of gold to turn a pound of lead into gold, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I, what do I know? Yeah. Um, but I do, like, I still like that relationship, I will say. Oh, like, yeah. uh, Tom and Bellana still kind of cute. Yeah, like, no, they're adorable. Yeah. Like I say, I, I was worried that the aliens would make them act out of character, and I kind of like that they're just pawing on each other just because. And yeah. I just, like, I don't know, they got some they got some good chemistry. And because Tom's, like, got to fill in for Kess, who's gone now, like, he's got two jobs, and he's got no time to be with his new girlfriend. So, like, mm. it, it's hard for him, and I kind of like that. Yeah. And Harry Kim wants to come over and bring him his book back. Uh, hi, hi, cock blocking service. Did you order some <laughs> cock blocking? I can do a music no. play if you want. <laughs> you can play my clarinet. <laughs> That's what a clarinet sounds like. <laughs> ah, excellent. That's a good clarinet impression, Matt. I, you, that was some great clarinetting there, Matt. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, nope. Mm. No. All right, then. I, I did like this episode as much as I complained about it. Yeah. Yeah, there just wasn't a whole lot, no, that, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is the sweet spot for me for me on this show. Like, episodes that are enjoyable to watch, but also fun to pick apart. Like, it, it's kind of win-win. We get mm -hmm. to enjoy it, but we also get to make fun of it. So, mm -hmm. beautiful. That's good. Um, Bob, you got a quote? Oh, yeah. Let me scroll back up to where that is and stall while I'm doing that. Oh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, as, uh, as, uh, Janeway is, uh, driving the ship into the sun, but then suddenly veers away and, uh, so, you know, hopes, hopes to not crash into the sun. She says this. I hope you were exaggerating about those odds, Tuvok. I was not. Which yeah. is delightful. There was, there was some, there was some good Tuvok snark in this episode. <laughs> At oh, one yeah. point, she's like, "The crew is just getting on my nerves." And he's like, "Shall we flog them?" <laughs> what? Oh, what? Am I being un? Okay, I, I guess might I'm be being unreasonable. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. I love that friend. he's good, able to be call. sarcastic with her. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a it's not a junior officer thing. It's an I'm your old friend and you're out of line and I'm telling you you're out of line thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that relationship. Mm -hmm. All right, so pressing forward now to basically when we get to part two of this, we are completely in uncharted territory for me. This is the last pair of episodes I've ever seen yeah. apart from the finale. So Ooh. I've seen these before, but it's been a long time. So Matt, why don't you tell us about Year of Hell? All right. One. As the evil Kurtwood Smith prepares to fire a giant laser at some planet and, I don't know, time travel them to death, Voyager and Friends prepares to cross another big section of space. Luckily, the aliens who run it are really nice and welcoming, and this might just end up being the year of ease. Except, unfortunately, the nice race is time-murdered by the smug aliens of Smugulon 4, who then start chasing Voyager and then blowing them up with time bombs. You know, and I don't mean time bombs in that they are, like, have timers. 
These are time bombs that explode time. You knew that was a thing, right? Because it's super important to this whole fucking episode. Anyway, this pre-year of ease is turning into the Fortnite of hell. A lot of stuff explodes. A lot of non-important people die. Tuvok goes blind and becomes the pulp hero of Hell's Kitchen. And eventually Voyager rumbles with Kurtwood Smith, but he whips their asses so soundly they have to plow through one of their many one of the many anomalies to escape. And all their bits fall off. And then everyone escapes in escape pods. And the skin comes off the ship and cliffhanger. Yeah, we end with all the all the escape pods going and everyone abandoning ship, which it's is a great pretty, uh, friggin' moment in the episode. Dun, dun, dun. I love I love Janeway's whole yeah. like I didn't want to do this, but fucking everybody get out of here. Uh, Janeway, like <laughs> we talked about this last episode, her determined sort of mom thing, just like her ho- the whole thing that's driven her the whole series is we are not mm-hmm. giving up, we are getting home. And she just like that's all she's got, and like she's gotta let that go in this, and it's so hard for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also well, there's I like guess... there's one of our favorite w- one of the increasingly popular uh Chicote swings by the office to, to suggest that we all just find a planet to live on. Which is, I think, <laughs> this is the eight, eight or ninth time that's happened in the last year. Oh, like, so tired of him. Oh, why don't we just way, give uh, up? And, like, really, the Maquis' whole thing is supposed to be don't give up. Fight because you want your home. And He's like, not a very good going Maquis. Home or, yeah, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, things have been no, real he's... rough in this, uh, what are we up to, fourth month of hell. Uh, maybe we could, uh, you know not do stuff for a while. No, abandon ship. We're not abandoning ship again. She says that, and then he's like, yeah, I didn't want to suggest it anyway. Yes, you did. You you (laughs) desperately wanted to suggest it. There's nothing in the world you want more than to go live on a planet and camp. Did you just say, uh, did you just pull the old, no, I was just kidding thing? Because Janeway's smarter than that. Come on, man. Uh, Yeah, I didn't want to do either. I was just testing you to see if you were. Uh, yeah, this is a Star Trek episode. It was all just a test. Uh-huh. Well, that actually makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've long held this episode, and actually this pair of episodes, but I'm only going to talk about this one this time, because that's all we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. As, as the example of what this show could be, because things are going wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the ship's falling apart, people are getting injured, and, like, like decisions matter, and... Like, oh. once Tuvok goes blind, he's blind. Yeah. Although after Stuff 72 like days or whatever, you would think they might have swept the bridge at some point. They really yeah. kind of do. Just, you know, get, like, <laughs> get Harry in there with a dust buster. Come on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you put an, a uniform on Neelix again. Which, yeah. Ugh. But yeah. Uh, maybe put him to work. Although I think this is the, like, I don't think it counts as another instance of that. Because Kess forward jumped or... Actually, from further in the future, backward jump, but she time jumped to here, mm-hmm. and yeah. like I think it was, I think Neelix in the uniform is from this. So oh, it's still so just they, one time he's worn a uniform. They did it to like because he was in the uniform. Yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is like he hasn't been in a uniform twice. She just saw it, like foreshadowed, and now it's actually right. happening. Well, it's but that is good shorthand for like you know things must be really bad if they put Neelix in the uniform. Mm-hmm. And and it is. That's not even us joking about how terrible he is. Seriously, <laughs> that actually works dramatically. Yeah, he's the wacky cook who now has to be part of the crew because we got nobody else. <laughs> Get that clown out of that uniform. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would rather see some one of the officers in a clown suit, honestly. Mm, very much so. <laughs> that, no, that would no, no, it would not. No, I don't want to see that either, but I'd rather see that. It's <laughs> how little I want to see Neelix. Get, a, get, us out of, any- get us out of here, Lieutenant Chuckles. Oh, shit. There's actually a guy named <laughs> Chuckles. I just realized 
I'm, I'm trying to think of any other character in the history of Star Trek I would rather less see in a uniform, and mm. I can't think of anyone. Neelix is, like, the worst. Yep. Mm. Just the worst. But despite that, like, mm-hmm. this is a really good episode with a lot of cool, like I say, like, I always held this up as, like, this is what we wanted out of this show. We wanted, like, a yeah. genuine sense of danger and being stranded without a support system and, like, things like, go wrong and they stay wrong and yeah. then you like, lose deck six. That's it. Deck six is gone. Now deck six. And then, like, that's, <laughs> it feels to me a bit like uh, like Battlestar Galactica. I mean, the, the rebooted version where it's, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. you, you have that ongoing sense of like, okay, things are falling apart and it's not getting better and we don't magically reset, you know, at the end of every episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although you pointed out, like, there's a difference between the crews, I guess. Well, I I think, like, what what a lot of people have said when I make that criticism is, like, and then you would, the show would turn into Battlestar Galactica. It's like, yes, but what would keep it Star Trek is that you make these guys continue to be hopeful. Whereas mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. the dire situation made those guys slip into some really morally questionable decisions. Yeah, no. These that- guys... What would separate them is making them always be good Star Trek people. Yeah, no, Battlestar is all it was, hmm. has always been about, like you know, what you're willing to do to survive. This is more like what you're willing to do to survive and still keep your morals. Yeah, that's the thing. If you if you had the bleakness of the situation of Battlestar Galactica, but you had Janeway determined not to lose her humanity yeah. and not to make those decisions, that's that would make it a very different show, and mm-hmm. I think a more interesting show. Yeah, absolutely. But. Hmm. But I mean, yeah, at least at be. least we get that for now, because mm-hmm. I mean, we we do get a lot of her yeah. just like refusing to cave and refusing to like. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good her in this. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, one of the things I really like about this episode is that uh, as stuff like the worst stuff gets, like we the crew never sort of like gives into despair or anything. Yeah, that's what again. That's what makes it Star Trek yeah. and like a fundamental Star Trek thing is like the the optimism of humanity. Mm-hmm. That's like just you know you you have stuff like like uh, uh, like uh, Tuvok going blind and like just sort of powering yeah. through that. That was great, by the way, and they yeah. they reveal it so fucking well because like yeah. we end like there's a cliffhanger where the, that horrible mad explosion goes off in his face, and we don't see him again, like, and then it like cuts to like days later. That's well, really I guess cool. they're I guess dead. They lived, or, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> and he, he's uh, he's shaving with like a giant fuck off Vulcan straight razor, like <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's what you want after you've gone blind is to hold a, an axe up to your face. Oh yeah, you know, like the, yep. that thing was so huge he could have used it to fight Kirk for over over a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but like all they all they do Although is just, Matt. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh all, no, I was just gonna say you you pointed out like. Him being blind is a little. Oh yeah, it doesn't really work. Yeah, I get to that in a sec. But um, okay. They're uh no, but just the the reveal is just like is just they show him sort of like looking around for it, and it's like oh shit. Yeah. No, that was good. Didn't expect that. It's really well done. It's not just like him going, Captain. I'm (laughs) Captain. It appears that I have gone blind. Which (laughs) speaking of. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that was what Operation Annihilate. I think Operation. Yeah, Operation Annihilate. (laughs) All right, there's an exclamation. <laughs> um, where uh, uh, we find out uh, Vulcans uh, actually have a second eyelid that keeps them from mm. going blind. So I'm like, you know, you picked the one guy on the ship who can't go blind. Right. Like, it's a little thing. Oh, really? It's right there in an original episode of the show. Well, it's Is not it like a can't go blind, nictating membrane like the, kind uh, of thing? It's, yeah, there's like... I, 
they in the show well, they because like there's like two sons on Vulcan, so they've evolved to like like they have they've evolved a second eyelid to like protect themselves from going blind. Hmm. Yeah, it it shouldn't. It might not protect them from like uh, genetic problems or uh, you know like chemicals or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like specifically, very bright lights. Yeah, they're protected from that. Like but, we we had an episode where the fake out uh, was oh no, Spock's blind. Oh wait a minute, he was temporarily blind. His second eyelid saved yeah. him. No, we um. Oh. We, we I, th- mentioned, we I mentioned thought it was more the burning I, ball of flame. Yeah, I can do it too. It might have been. Maybe his eyes actually got burned. I don't yeah. Know. No, that. Yeah. That was he my does have assumption. a bit of a scar around one of his eyes. So maybe, yeah, could could be that. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I like that. And again, overall, just the sense that once something gets fucked up, it stays yeah. fucked up, is a good way. Like it's not even serialization. Like I get they wanted to syndicate the show. I get they mm. didn't want to lose like uh, uh, viewers by making things like have make people have to remember stuff. But mm. something simple like we lost this part of the ship and it's just gone. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't really have to remember that you see the ex like the exterior of the ship. You see something's missing, you know, it's gone. Like yeah. that's, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Like there's ways to do that, but oh. they just, they never do. Yeah. Frustrating. Also, I guess they couldn't just replicate yeah. him up a visor or something. Oh yeah. You know, didn't even think about that. <laughs> we did have a, we did have a blind. I was going to say, I was going to say, it would have been nice if they kept that and we had, like, a blind character in Star Trek. And then I'm like, oh, wait, we had a blind character in Star Trek for, like, seven years and four movies. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Although he became less blind as we went. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, that's because... Well, they, they built him a new eyeball. That fucking thing on. Well, yeah, of course they built him a new eyeball. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what you do. You, mm-hmm. you build an eyeball. Here, I got you Just like they eyeball. did for seven. Yeah, that's that's true. They did do that. Yeah. Uh, see that that see. I get because like they're they're kind of they might be a little too busy to build two bucks some new eyes. But, but yeah, that, I feel like you could just go actually, to the replicator yeah. and go visor me. <laughs> that that leads into my good thing if if that's oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, the the that the, well, there's a ton of great character moments, and I, and I actually like the one that Al picked, uh, which you haven't gotten to yet. But the the, uh, the moments between Seven and Tuvok after he's blinded is just like there's genuine care and camaraderie between the two of them. Just seeing mm-hmm. kind of how that friendship could form uh, yeah. is really cool. And 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 even like you know them walking down the hall and Seven complaining about her human bunkmate is delightful. <laughs> which, I um, yeah, we've already gotten hints that she's had a hard time integrating. But if you throw her in a room with a human, yeah. then yeah. No, I actually yeah. really like it's it's a tiny, tiny moment, but uh someone just goes, Hey seven, and she goes, Roman. And yeah. goes, oh, God, it's my fucking roommate. She leaves her shit all over the place. <laughs> and it's a nice it's a nice shared moment because Tuvok's like, Yeah, humans are basically the worst. <laughs> yeah. I I have no idea how we deal with these people every fucking day. But I, I saw brief glimmers of this in uh, a couple of weeks ago with these two, and they, mm-hmm. they have a lot in common in the sense of not being human and being way more, like, way less prone to irrationality, and, like, yeah. like they, they have that common bond, mm-hmm. you know? I like that they're playing that up a bit. Yeah, definitely. Also, and even she's being, also, like, rational about, like, you know, you can, I, I told you I would help you with your grooming if you want, and she's, he's like, you know, no, I, I want to do it myself, I'll do it myself. <laughs> Thank you, though. Yeah. <laughs> with the deadliest razor I can find. But you can still tell there's, you know, there's kind of a friendship that's formed between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a nice way for them to, like, sort of, like, a shortcut. Because mm-hmm. this episode, the tiny spoiler, it's called Year of Hell. Mm-hmm. It, th- these events are going to unfold over the course of a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
basically we get to cut through all the middle part of people becoming friendly with this new crew person, the seven. Mm. And when we cut back to, to an episode after this, we could just basically take it as red because we've already seen like, you know what I mean? We've already done all the work. Oh yeah. Like this episode can compress a lot of stuff into a, a small amount of time, which I like. Mm. Yeah. And something like watching people become friends, like it gets a little tedious after a while. Can we just get to the part where they're friends now? Like, I don't know. I could kind of watch people become friends all day. It, yeah. it depends. Like <laughs> at the beginning of a show, yes, I like to see a crew kind of come together. But like mm-hmm. Seven's thrown in, and like I don't need a reminder every single week that she's the new one. You know what I mean? Like do that for a bit, but then get on with it. Well, I mean, I it does say right on her name tag, the new guy. <laughs> that is. True. They gave her one of the. They gave and it's her only a, been. Gave her a big rookie uh, hat to wear. <laughs> rookie hat. A, a rookie hat. <laughs> Oh, oh. And one of those uh, seven, and one of those uh, seven, or not seven eleven, A uh, and W name tags that says, "Please bear with me, I'm new here." Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I I don't mind it so much at this point because it's only been she's only been on the show what six or eight episodes. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. But I do get no, that. Point. I just I don't want several seasons of her still being the new guy is all like, yeah, yeah. this is a nice way to like, they've done some good stories with that already. Now it would be nice to just kind of cut away and cut back. And she's just with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was here Um, the whole time. Time passes. (laughs) The season's changed. Matt, you kind of already talked. (coughs) Yeah. Pages of a calendar. Seven (laughs) pages off of the calendar. Matt, you already talked a bit about your good thing, but let's, let's go into that a little more. Oh, um, I, oh, just the crew's attitude, yeah. Um, no, I, I really, I really just like watching that. You know, everyone falling apart and just still pulling together. Yeah, it's very much like Janeway is the mom, yeah. like kind of setting the example, kind of thing, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, my good thing, yes. just going along with the whole character stuff. Uh, credit where it's due. I'm going to give some credit to Chakotay here. Yeah. Uh, amid all the chaos and and just everything going wrong he's made her this sweet little gift mm. it's a it's a it's a watch that was uh what was the story behind it do you guys remember offhand oh, it was um, something it, it was linked to a captain like an old sea captain that yeah, they, they, promised they thought, to get his ship back they thought he died or whatever and he he managed to get his his uh his ship home after like incredible odds and stuff yeah, like they thought yeah. it was lost at sea, and he was just super determined to get them back. And like, yeah, they, it was it was a it was sweet. And I don't like it. I've said this before. When he's weirdly familiar with her, like they're like he calls her Catherine all the time, yeah. and like knock it off. But this was an appropriate gift for a first officer to give a captain on her birthday, and it was it was touching. I yeah. liked it. And, and then they, of course, and then her reaction is, boots. yeah, melt it down and turn it into food. What? What? That's huh? How does that work? Well, you 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 de exactly. you de- replicate it into replicator energy, and then you can make it into a sandwich. Yeah, but it's just it's a watch. It's like tiny. Yeah, no, I know. How much replicator energy could it be? Three, yeah. <laughs> three boots. Three. Oh, well, the three-footed crewman will be happy to hear that. Yeah, Eric's. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to think. It was someone from Eric's race, maybe. I'm still here. Oh baby! Oh baby! <laughs> Please. Yeah, I was. So I was trying to think lonely. about that. Like the first officer. I guess. I mean, like 
uh, I mean, Spock and Bones occasionally called Kirk Jim, mm-hmm. but it was pretty rare, I guess. And, well, and, and they were also like best Kira didn't yeah, really the thing. call they were best Cisco friends off duty. Cisco, yeah. Well, Kira and Cisco was different because there was that whole emissary thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then John Luke and Riker, yeah, didn't Riker. really Can have a close. Can you imagine Riker ever calling the captain? Hey, John Luke. Ever? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Although, on the Riker, other hand, please, Dax please don't do that. Did... We are not friends. <laughs> Dax did call <laughs> Cisco Benjamin quite a bit. Oh yeah. So yeah, but I she did, wasn't first officer, and that was a friends thing. So no, yeah. but she was the next the next Starfleet person down. That's true. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. And, was she and your you know, but she'd known him for like three lifetimes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. No, I, no, I she just, was she was lieutenant commander. I just I'm fine with that, oh, okay. the, them calling the captain whatever. If like there's that friendship there, but I don't buy that with Kate and Chuck. Like. I think they're coasting on that one time they were on the planet together. Yeah, like, like and the, they may or may not have slept together. The show's yeah. really pushing that, and I have ne- like I just have never bought it. Yeah, I agree. And just at times he'll just call her Catherine in front of people, and yeah. just like, no, that's not stop, stop it. That. I am your yeah. boss. Appropriate, it, unprofessional. Yeah, yeah. If you're on the bridge, you should be calling her Captain. In, in like yeah, maybe yeah. in her ready room, it's or okay. Ma'am but. Or ma'am, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Get your so shit together, get, some... get your shit together and yeah. make it into a watch. <laughs> <laughs> Although the watch thing was was Ooh. nice. So what? can you recycle any material into any other material? Can you actually I mean, turn shit into a watch? I think you can. I, I assume so. That would be amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe that solves the waste uh, problem. Is like I would make so many watches. Into... <laughs> way better really? than like, just dumping it out the back of the ship, which I assume is what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that was like in Kirk's time before they had replicators perfected. They just had to like dump frozen chunks of waste out of them. Yep. No, that's <laughs> blue that's ice. How we got into the war with the Klingons. <laughs> what, what is that? Oh God! What God. the hell, are you people? The doing? blue ice landed on somebody's house. Yeah, exactly. Yep. This is not honorable. That's an urban myth. <laughs> these these humans have no honor. They have only. <laughs> <laughs> they literally threw their shit at us. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I think we're going to have uh, okay, to get into a real big war over this. Yeah, obviously, for like 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into some bad things. Uh, Bob. Robert. Uh, there there was not that much bad in here, I think. So I kind of feel like a jerk for picking it. But the doctor's dumb comedy speech is dumb. It's just, <laughs> it's just it feels so broad and out of character with the rest of the episode. Like, uh, so yeah, like the, I felt the about the comedy massage in the last one. <laughs> at the beginning, we have this, um, th- they're unveiling the new, it's not stellar cartography. What is it? The astro... Uh, the Astrometrics. Astrometrics? Uh, yeah, uh, I think that that's what they called it. Astro-man. Yeah, astrometrics, yeah. Uh, man, yeah, man or astro-man. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's unveiling this project between Seven and, and Special Boy, and then the Which doctor is super completely cool. hijacks it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. It totally is. <laughs> So basically, you're saying Robert Picardo's not funny, is what you're saying. <laughs> Between these two scenes no. that you've chosen as your bad things. No, I really like Robert Picardo and his like his sarcasm and his comedy in a lot of these episodes. It just I don't know. This this just like one moment felt like almost Neelix level broad comedy, and mm. eh. no, you're right. Sometimes they write the Doctor as like like the spotlight hog who wants everything to be about him, and like well, you know, I I usually yeah, love when he gets really like work. super pleased with himself. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. This just it, yeah, it, but there's a there's a might, way to take that too far, and I think it, this it that might happened. even just have been that it went on too long. Like it's a yeah, long speech. It is. Yeah. Well, that was the joke, right? That it went on too long. I suppose that's yeah. true. I have a few words to say, and then he's going on and on and on. And on. Four yeah. score and seven years ago. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like the nautical references this week, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, do that. <laughs> so, wait, Matt, you think Abraham Lincoln was in Moby Dick? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what he was. He was the whale sp- splitter, right? <laughs> yes, he was the whale splitter. Well, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, whale splitter. Yep. I'm pretty pleased with Matt, that one, actually. Not, you, you, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. You're not quite ready yet for that uh, citizenship test, I think, uh, though. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, what, what was your bad thing about this episode? Oh, man. Look, I know that the ship's super damaged and everything, but this episode is really dark. Like, as in, it's difficult to see. And mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. know, I, know that, I know everything's supposed to be, like, bad, and, like, the best way to do that is to, you know, make everything dark and, like, you know, it also you Throw helps. a bunch of crap on the floor. Yeah, exactly. You, you turn the lights out and throw a bunch of crap on the floor. But, like, it, mm-hmm. there's parts of this episode that are really difficult to actually make out what's going on. There's a, there's a scene mm-hmm. in, um, there's a scene where uh, Special Boy and Bellana are trapped in an elevator and, or excuse me, a turbo lift, um... And <laughs> and then and then she makes him king of radishes. Yes, and then <laughs> yep. and then they sing Farrah Jaca. You know what? I was wrong. It's a great scene. No, um, yeah. Like, like, there's a scene where he's got like she's got her hands on herself or something, and I'm like, just the way she's posed, I'm like, is she pregnant? And yeah, it was very I much thought that so too. Cartoon TV pregnancy hold your belly thing. You're yeah, right. And then I'm like, wait. Although it turns out Roxanne Biggs Dawson is pregnant yeah. at this point, but but, but like, not that point, pregnant. I right. Like I need to, <laughs> and in an episode like this, like that's entirely possible after a time. Like I, I wasn't sure how much. Yeah, we jumped three months there. ahead. It yeah. could be. Who knows? So yeah. like I like I don't know. Like you need, <laughs> I need to be able to see what's going on, guys. Especially like yeah, the lights they're, are, like, and they're wearing like they're mostly black uniforms, like. Yeah, yeah, and and Harry leans over and actually like puts his hand on her, and it was like, where is he putting his hand? It was like, oh it's, wait, yeah, it's, exactly. it's her knee, but <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, not her knee. Like he touches her way before he's, he's supposed to. I'm like, is that her stomach? What's happening? Yeah, I definitely uh, agree. It was it was like Buffy level dark in this yeah. episode. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was just the DVD rips I was watching from. Like maybe they weren't good transfers, or no, maybe like, it was actually. Uh, I don't know. I suppose but that's Bob, Bob, if you watched it on Netflix also, then... Uh, yeah. If you if you've also found it to be that way, then that's probably... Oh, yeah, that's I watched it on Netflix the first yeah. time, too, and it was the same, so yeah. Ah, okay, then. Yeah. So, yeah, just too dark. I mean, I, I concur. Like, I don't... But again, good visual shorthand to say the ship is all fucked up. And they did have some good, like, exterior shots of, of various things, like having holes in them or having, like, a, a big groove cut into the, mm-hmm. the, the hull and that sort of thing. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, they did some great but, stuff. Like they, they said in uh, Memory Alpha, they did like four stages for the outside of the ship, like how degraded it got. The, uh, that stuff was pretty great. It was. Did Did you happen to see, or do you know if it was models or CG? Because I know they were doing a lot of CG at this point. Uh, that was CG stuff. Yeah. Oh, very. Uh, cool. It looks really yeah. good. Like, yeah, I like usually stuff from that era. It's super obviously glaringly computer generated. Mm-hmm. Like now. 
but I yeah. can't tell a lot of the time, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The no, scene right really at the good. end when, uh, like, just bits of the ship are flaking off, it looks like. It looks fucking yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. for for tele for television of like 1997, I think we're into mm-hmm. now. That's that's pretty good. Like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like you could do that easily on TV now, but you know, 20 years ago, it's not not easy. Yeah, it was so, pretty close to like enough. feature level effects in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my bad thing. Yes, I I'm tired. I'm so tired of temporal crap. Like a lot of the stuff happening in this reminds me of the nonsensical temporal cold war from enterprise. But since we haven't gotten to enterprise yet, I'm not really going to like the, the jury will strike that from the record. This isn't an official complaint yet, (laughs) but like these writers and specifically Braga and Minoski in this one, but Braga, Braga loves time just being kind of a thing you can hit someone with or shoot someone with, or like this, they got the, and it looks really cool. Speaking of visual effects, I love the giant time gun spaceship that Kurtwood Smith is riding around in. It's got like a great big lens on it too. It looks so fucking cool. It just it looks like yeah. a giant laser cannon, yeah. but it's also got engines. It's it's really neat looking. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. They it's like the closest Star Trek ever gotten to a Death Star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only just the laser part, not yeah. not the enclosure, just just the actual cannon. So the, um, the, so a dark saber. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Not anymore. It's not. You had to no, burn yeah. all those books when they made them non-canon. It's true. Anyway, um, no, I like it's. They don't go back in time and change something. Mm. They shoot a beam at a planet and suddenly history is different. Yeah. And that, I don't I don't get it. And OK, the time shield thing in principle, Bob, you kind of convinced me like I get that you need a pocket where you're not affected by the history changes. I get that. It's yeah. more how they explain it. Just like we have a shield made of time. What? <laughs> what? I don't get it. What? It's, All right. I'll, I think they explained it a little better in the episode, but it is. It is kind it of a, really a weird concept. Makes sense. No, no. Yeah. The, the shield I don't know. I, I like that. Like, that's that's well, fine. I like the idea. I like the idea of this empire constantly changing history until things are exactly the way they want it. I yeah. do like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I do like the idea that Voyager is kind of in over their heads and doesn't want to be constantly affected by this stuff, so they come up with a sciency reason to like to defend themselves. Like all that's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, the shooting a beam at a planet and suddenly the race doesn't exist doesn't really make sense to me. I guess yeah, I mean, the, like, like that's the main example. I guess like, I don't know. They, I they don't really explain it in the episode. I just kind of assume they're like I don't know. They're changing something in in you know in the past by shooting the, this beam that you know changes the evolution so this race never evolves or I mean something so along it's a those laser lines. that goes back in time and steps on a butterfly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It would honestly, be easier if the ship itself went back in time and they just killed everyone on the planet. I you know, would that we be don't easier? Have to see that part. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to see that part. It might not but be just easier, but it's the thing I understand more than shooting <laughs> yeah. a laser. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's hard to quantify. I'm not exactly saying it right. It's mostly the way, the sort of the glib way. Like Braga loves to smooth over, uh, and then time happened. Time is different because time, time, any time, time, time. Well, like, I mean, a lot of it is in the way he explains he it. Care. Yeah, I think but, like the concept itself is pretty cool. Mm. I think. I kind of feel like they kind of it's it's either the way they did it in the episode or they spend half an hour out of the episode explaining how it works, you know? Yeah, I well that's the thing. Either they need to explain it less or more. Like th- yeah. this amount is not right for me. That's mm. all I'm saying. Okay. I also think Kurtwood Smith is that that most cardboard of villains that like 
no, we've destroyed 95%, but it's not enough. We must destroy 100%. And I get that he's like motivated by some personal reason we don't know yet. Yeah. But yeah, it feels really, like he's he's very concerned about this one colony, like someone he loved died there and he wants yeah. to make sure that, that yeah. at least that one gets restored. So I understand that. But yeah, I agree that he's pretty cardboard otherwise. I, well, we, see, we, just, I, we had a couple of scenes. Oh, go ahead. I, I liked, oh, I thought he was great. Like I didn't see him Oh as no, card- he was great. No, I didn't see him as cardboard. No, he, I thought he was just broken. No, the the scenes between him and his underling, which were like, we win. No, we don't win until we win everything. Always. It's just like, I've seen this villain so many times. And I'm like, the guy playing him is better than that. And I wish you'd just given him a little more depth is all. I don't, a little like, more like to, to sympathize with. Like, I don't think yeah. that it's, we, we, we got 95%. We need to do 100%. I think it's, we got 95%. We didn't get the 5% I need. If we'd gotten that 5%, I'd be done by now. Uh, maybe if they made that a little more clear. Yeah, that might. They made, it, they made it sound like he was a perfectionist, not like he was motivated by a personal well, thing. And maybe that'll be clarified in part two. I don't know. I'm reading a it's, lot. I mean, I was I in what, the, what I saw the character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ahead, I mean, I was inferring. No, I was inferring the bit about the personal thing. And it was just, I yeah, I felt if they had made that a little bit more clear yeah. in, his, in his character. And like, aside from that, like one sentence that, yeah. it, you know, it might have come over a little more sympathetic, but. We might, I agree. We'll and hopefully get there, more of that. There is still a part two coming. Yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? Um, we will next I, week. But I will say that this, this writing team is not known for its subtlety. So, uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, no, there's, a, there's a point. There's a, there's a scene that I really liked a lot when it happened, mm. which is uh, there's there's a horrible disaster and there's a there's the like the ship is about to like a bit of the ship is about to explode and the doctor's got to like evacuate sick bay and get everyone safely away. Mm-hmm. And the countdown's happening. It's like three, two. And he looks back and there's guys that are easily 10 seconds down the corridor. They're not going to make it. And it's all on Picardo's face. Really good acting. He's got to leave them. He's got to, like, put aside everything yeah. he was programmed to do to protect people because they will all die if he doesn't shut the thing and let these two die. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. And then totally. two scenes later, he's describing it to someone and telling us all the stuff that was subtly unfolding. Yeah. And just kind of like, it didn't make it not cool, but it made it less cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I watched them die and like, don't, just show, don't tell. Come on. Although I, I mean, got like, it. I, did, I it did lead to a good effective. scene between him and Tom. Mm-hmm. It did. Matt, what were you gonna say? I was like, I like seeing it affecting him. You know, like, no, I, I love I'm not that. As, I just, I'm not a big fan of him. Like, just look, this is why I'm sad. Like, we know why he's sad, but no, he know. just narrated all the cool stuff, like all that acting, all the mm. subtle face acting, and all the like. We were crushed. He didn't have to say a word, and we knew exactly what was wrong yeah. and yeah. why he was. And next time we see him, he should just be kind of a little beaten down and mm. instead he had to narrate it for us and tell us why. And it just, it, it lessened it for me a little is all. Yeah. yeah. Although like I did was, like, and was, I, I don't know if this is maybe just the, the episodes uh, color grade being too dark, but it felt like the, uh, the doc still had his legs sticking out of the door when he slammed it. <laughs> so like maybe he had like turned himself insubstantial for a second. <laughs> he, I uh, like the idea the that he doesn't even have to worry about doors and stuff. Yeah. Just like, Oh yeah. I keep hitting my, I, I would hit my head if I wasn't a hologram, but uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is good. Um, 
Anything else? Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a great moment where they're fighting these guys, and at various points, these guys are either super powerful or completely insignificant, depending on what they've done to history. And at one point, when they're just like the the massive like conquering force in the quadrant, like we're down to like ten torpedoes, or no, we're down to like six torpedoes. And Janeway fires five of them and uses them like mines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't she doesn't shoot them at them like bullets. She kind of ejects them and waits for them to crash into them and blow up. And I like mm-hmm. that. That was cool. I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Neat use of, uh, well, we, we always talk about yeah, that. We, Neat use of stuff that, like, Star Trek stuff. Yeah, existing technology used in a new way. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> There's a scene else? where Kurtwood Smith and his, and his buddy are arguing about something or other, and Kurtwood Smith's like, I, you don't perceive time as I do, and I'm sitting there going, I perceive time as a hunter. Tra- <laughs> it tracks you mm. throughout your life. Captain Picard. Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, any excuse for a quick shoot. for a quick Malcolm McDowell was fine by me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm going to shoot Captain Kirk in the back now over a matter of eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Drop a bridge on him. Um, I like this one moment where uh, Tuvok gets to his station on the bridge and he says, "Computer, activate tactile interface." Which we n- mm-hmm. we never get to see what's happening, but I'd guess like kind of like the iPhone has now for blind users, like these haptics mm-hmm. where you can like you know run your finger over it and kind of feel, you know, it'll vibrate when you hit certain oh, things. Really? And I I just think that's kind of cool that yeah that, that that's, that's a, a thing that is so cool that may- maybe that. that led to a thing that we have now yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was I was only made aware of that by a well actually person on uh, Twitter because I was watching. Daredevil. And I said, wait a minute. He has a touchscreen phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then yep. someone says, yeah, blind people can use this. Oh, all right. Never awesome. mind. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> I, I was just like, Ugh, I, I don't, wouldn't he have a push button phone? Because, you know. Push button phoning. Like, no dummy. Just yeah. a, just no, a, a T9. Phone. Beep, 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 beep. No, like a rotary phone. <laughs> like, a, like one of those old. The guys working on the lines way back in the day with the wait. giant headset with the. Like, like the old iPods? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly like that. <laughs> the scroll wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I that is cool. And yeah, we don't see it, but uh and I, I understand them not wanting to build a whole like set piece just for like one little detail. It was actually yeah. enough for them to acknowledge that he had to change the way he did his, yeah. did his job, even if we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was cool that they, they put that in there. Yeah. Uh anything else? Um Mm-mm. I think that's everything I got. You got a quote for us, man? I do got a quote. This just made me laugh. What? <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> all right. That's all for this time. Right. Uh, Bob, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Yeah, sure. Uh, I haven't released an episode lately, but I'm still doing my podcast called The Optical, where we're revisiting the history of visual effects and interviewing some of the people who worked on uh, effects in films and stuff. And you can get to that at opticalpodcast.com. Yeah. Fair and good. So next week is uh, Year of Hell Part 2 and some other episode that I don't know what it is. So look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Woo! Uh, Yeah, thank you. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. Mm -hmm.